0: Today on Ag News Daily.
1: Well, 18 certainly gave us a lot of challenges and those growing conditions that I certainly hope were unique to the year 2018.
0: Happy Valentine's Day, Ag News Daily listeners. My name is Delaney Howell, joined by Madison Honkop Madison, you got big Valentine's Day plans? Uh, not,
2: not, not really um my boyfriend's actually in Colorado this weekend so i'm just kind of having a chill night with some girlfriends so
0: oh that's called a galentine's day night oh
2: definitely yes
0: <laughs> um my boyfriend tried to tell me that he was having a guyentine's day night last night and i said that is not a thing
2: no that's just a, it's just a girl thing
0: yeah just a girl thing absolutely well i've got some fun valentine's day trivia are you ready for these madison maybe Okay, um, how many heart-shaped boxes of chocolate do you think get sold on Valentine's Day on average? Just on Valentine's Day, or like like a week? around? Yeah, for Valentine's Day.
2: Probably well over a couple million, maybe
0: <laughs> thirty six thirty six million heart-shaped boxes of chocolate will be sold for Valentine's Day on average. Oh.
2: My gosh, yeah, I can, actually, yeah, no, I can understand that one. That's
0: a lot of chocolate.
2: Yeah, it is a lot of chocolate.
0: Okay, so do you know what the conversation hearts are? Those little, like, crappy candies that have, like, love you or Yes. Kitty. So about 8 billion hearts get produced um, in a year, and that's enough candy to stretch from Rome, Italy to Valentine's Argent, er, excuse me, Valentine, Arizona, 20 times and back. Oh my gosh. To line up all those little candies. Didn't, did those hearts get discontinued? I don't know, you know, I haven't seen them this year. That's a good question.
2: I thought I saw on, like, Facebook, people were talking about that and everyone was upset.
0: Well, that's sad. Those were fun. I didn't really like how they tasted, but it was fun to just, like, have them on, like, a cupcake as a decoration. Or, like, just the cute little sayings and, like, give them to your friends or...
2: Yeah, I don't think a lot of people in- actually liked eating them. No. But I know
0: it. that's like what we always
2: got in elementary mm-hmm. school. Everybody would get a little box with their name on it.
0: They're kind of iconic to Valentine's Day. They really are. Okay, last one for you because food is obviously important to me and a lot of folks will cook for Valentine's Day or go out to dinner. I personally will be having steak tonight, but 53% of couples on average – we will be going out for a romantic meal. 17% of those folks will be looking for Italian. 13% will choose French food. Another 13% will be looking for seafood. This is sad. Only 11% of folks will look for steak. And then the other 10% will opt for American. And another 7% for sushi. But 11% for steak. I always think when I think of Valentine's Day or like a romantic meal steak or Italian. Those are really the two foods I'm thinking of.
2: Yeah, I would. Yeah, because that's typically if I'm going out for dinner, that's what I want.
0: Exactly. Steak or
2: Italian. Right. You don't, especially on Valentine's Day.
0: I know that's, I was surprised by that fact, but that's what I've got today for Valentine's Day trivia.
2: All right. Actually, I have one little thing to kind of goes along with Valentine's Day. So the app Tutter that we talked about, Mm -hmm is actually launching in the United States. Oh. So so, uh, some cows get to celebrate Valentine's Day, it (laughs) sounds like, this year.
0: (laughs) Yeah, right. So for folks who haven't maybe heard that episode where we talked about Tutter, is basically like Tinder for cattle. And I actually reached out to them, and I'm going to be setting up an interview with them. So I'm so excited that they're launching in the U.S. now. That'll be awesome. Yeah.
2: And this article that i saw it just it's giving a little bit more of, more information on it um but yeah so it they said it's launching just in time for valentine's day and for the first matchmaking app for livestock
0: oh how cute they can be happy this <laughs> valentine's day too exactly <laughs> love it love it <laughs> Well, let's jump into some more ag news. We've got Congress moving and shaking this week. We know tomorrow could be another potential government shutdown. We haven't seen President Trump sign the funding bill yet. However, uh, Congress is is moving and shaking, like I said. A lot of things going on on their dockets. We've seen a new, well, it's not really a new, but an immigration reform has been on the House Democratic, Democrats' agenda We've also seen a bipartisan bill to reauthorize Pesticide Registration Improvement Act uh, going through. It's been introduced in the Senate, which essentially includes fees to help fund the EPA's pesticide programs. We know now that in relationship to the Farm Bill, um, we're going to see Steve Sensky will be briefing the Senate and the House Agriculture Committee in the next couple of weeks to provide a timeline for implementing each of those new provisions in the farm bill. So really a lot of things going on in D.C. right now. And when you look at, I guess, on the broader scope, when you look internationally, Congress still has not voted on the U.S. MCA agreement or the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement, kind of that NAFTA 2.0, as a lot of folks have been referring to it as. And a little bit of news on that today. Mexican and Canadian officials are making it clear to Congress that if the Trump administration doesn't lift those Section Two Hundred and Thirty-Two tariffs on steel and aluminum, their lawmakers will not ratify and sign that agreement into law. So it's interesting, too, because, um, Madison, do you know? You're probably not going to know because I didn't know. Do you know who is fourth in line to be the president of the United States? Is it the...
2: um... Oh, we talked about it in my political science class last semester. I think it's the president of the Senate.
0: Yes. Do you know who that is?
2: I don't anymore. No, no. that's okay.
0: Um, So fourth in line is Senate president or Senate chairman or whatever, Chuck Grassley of Iowa, which I thought was crazy. Somebody told me that the other day, but... He apparently has been having direct conversations with those folks in Mexico and in Canada and is trying to stress to the president that um, that we need to lift these tariffs or the possibility stands that Congress may not even need to vote on it because Canada and Mexico won't sign it into law. Oh, wow.
2: I did not realize Chuck Grassley mm-hmm. was the...
0: I thought he was, but then
2: I thought I might have heard different after um, the last kind of uh, oh, c- congressional election, but yes. I was, okay, I did. It's just I just crazy thought it though. was
0: Yeah, that is kind of crazy. <laughs> but yeah, anyways, little piece of fun uh, information for you there. Fun facts. Useful, well, maybe not useful, useless fun facts. Kind of.
2: Um, but even to kind of go along with the, um, kind of Congress subject, Delaney. Mm-hmm. So I found that the Ag FDA bill is totaling in twenty three point oh four billion dollars in discretionary dollars, and so this is an increase of thirty two million dollars over this previous year, and this is actually to boost funding for Ag research and Farm Service Agency programs. That's a quite a quite a big increase there. Yeah, that's what I thought. And when I saw this, that's kind of what caught my eye, was the increase of $32 million. That is and, a big increase, yeah. And, yeah, and so it's to improve those ag research um, programs and farm service agencies, and while trimming spending levels for the National Resource Conservation Service and fo- Food Safety Inspection Service. Hmm. Um, so... Maybe we'll see a change in that. I'm not sure. But it does also have a mandatory funding for SNAP um, and child nutrition programs. Which would be so, like
0: school lunches, I think. Yep.
2: Yep. School lunches and then um, any other, I'm not sure what else. I know my school kind of does an extra meal plan for ch- families who do need it mm-hmm. um, or my school back home. But I thought that was just very interesting that they are giving an increase to those programs.
0: Absolutely. That's awesome. I mean, I know that SNAP and a lot of that stuff is a big issue because of the work requirements deal. But kids obviously don't have any control over their situation. So I think adding to the children nutritional programs is definitely a good way to go.
2: Exactly.
0: Yes. And it does say that. About
2: twenty three point one billion dollars is just in the new nu- nutrition programs. Mm. That's not the whole thing, that's mm-hmm. just that those one program. So all
0: right, there you go. Well, going off of that a little bit here, speaking about the FDA, I've got an update for our listeners who are concerned about the romaine lettuce E. coli outbreak. I'm a big eater of romaine lettuce that's in Caesar salads. The Food and Drug Administration has identified one farm in California as the likely source of really that big outbreak that happened in California, sickening 62 people in 16 states. Uh, the agency said that in its investigation, which was released today, there was insufficient evidence to show that Adam Bros Farming, located in Santa Barbara, California, was the whole source of the outbreak, but definitely, or the, excuse me, they said most likely that that was the way a lot of lettuce um, in the food system became contaminated, was use of water from this reservoir as an agricultural water. Essentially, they found E. coli in this water and are saying that a lot of the outbreak happened on this farm in particular. But we are past that now, so it's safe to eat romaine lettuce tonight if you're having a Caesar salad for your your Valentine's Day dinner. (laughs) Almost said Thanksgiving, but (laughs) (laughs) not quite the right time of the year.
2: Not quite. I do love Caesar salad, though. So I was really sad when it was they were kind of taking it off the shelves, especially at Target. They have a Caesar salad mix. Oh,
0: yeah.
2: I think it's by Dole. Mm-hmm. And my friend Callie and I absolutely love those Caesar salad mixes. So we were just really sad for a couple weeks
0: because <laughs> we I'm couldn't get way. our Caesar salad. Mhm. But we're safe now.
2: That's really good, though.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What else do you have for news today, Madison? So
2: I just have one piece of news here for E15. So the U.S. Department of Agriculture's deputy secretary said on Wednesday that he is actually hopeful that we will complete or that the administration will complete its rule, allowing a year-round sale of higher ethanol blend of gasoline by this summer. So in the past, we were not able to use E15 um, just because it, there was com- some concerns that, that it contrib- contributed to smog in warm temperatures, which I thought was very interesting, just because I like having reactions like that was kind of um, baffled me. But they did find that may not contribute to smog, but it does uh, may not perform as much different than E10 blends. Hmm. So they are still kind of in the drafting process of this, um, but then if it does get passed, they are hoping to have a 45-day public comment period for the release. Um, Again, they're still working on it, but they're still trying to kind of get that through.
0: Yeah, and the rule needs to be done by June 1st to get it in the gasoline or in the stations year round. Um, uh, another piece of follow-up news to that is Steve Sensky said on Wednesday that, you know, they're looking at kind of a plan B just in case mm. this doesn't get through by June 1st. They're starting to put together a plan B type of package. They're hoping they don't have to use that. They didn't really give any indication for what a plan B would look like, but that is also on the docket. And I actually... Speaking of Steve Sensky, I have one other quick piece of news here. Um, as we know, the Trump administration is in Beijing or in China right now to have U.S.-Chinese trade negotiations. We reported uh, yesterday or the day before that the Trump administration and President Trump tweeted out and stated that he may be willing to extend his March 1st deadline have some news today that he gave a specific time period and said he may be willing to extend this deadline for 60 days to continue negotiations and hopefully get a framework in place. It sounds like folks are optimistic that if a framework can get put in place, it's a a quicker process from there. Although, I don't know if I believe that because anything going through Washington isn't really what I would call a quick process.
2: You're very right on that, Delaney. It seems like it takes forever for anything to get through, but we can only hope.
0: We can only hope. That's right. Madison, do you have any other news for today, or should we hop over and look at the markets? I am all out of news. Let's do the markets, Delaney. All right. Sounds good. And our markets are sponsored by our folks at the Zaner Group. You can give them a call today at 312-277-0050 to find out how their marketing strategies can help you and your bottom line. Looking across the screen today, red all the way down. Holy smokes, even in the wheat markets, the March corn contract lost 4 cents on the day to close at 374 and 3 quarters, while the May down 3 and 3 quarters to end at 383 even. They were definitely the winners, but still losers in the grain markets today. Looking in the March soybean contract, lost 13 cents to close at 903 and a half, while the May Losing 13 as well to close at 917 and three quarters. Wheat pits must have had some crazy news there to spark the March wheat contract down 15 and a quarter cent at 507 even while the May down 15 and a half to close at 510 and a half. Looking over into the livestock pits, they had opposite stories today with the February live cattle contract up 17 and a half cents to close at 126, 12 and a half. With the while the April closed up forty cents to end at one hundred twenty seven thirty seven and a half. When the March feeder cattle pits we saw fifty five cents get added to the board today at one hundred forty four zero seven and a half, while the April closed up forty two and a half cents to end at one hundred forty six fifty. In the Lean Hog Pits, February contract shed five cents to close at fifty five ten, while the April closed down and a dollar to end at fifty eight seventy. And rounding out the markets with the Dairy Class 3 milk futures. February lost two cents on the day to close at $13.99, while the March closed down 23 cents to end at 14.55. For today's interview, we're going to be having a conversation here. I had a conversation with Monty Malone from BASF about changes and variability here we've seen from weather for soybean planting which is just right around the corner for many folks i'm gonna be talking about soybean variety development weather and how growers should focus on those choices for 2019 during planting season that is just right around the corner i've got monty malone who is the soybean variety development lead for bisf monty first of all thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me
1: Yes, thanks for the invitation. I'm happy to do it.
0: So, Monty, before we get things rolling here, tell me, what does that title mean? Soybean Variety Development Lead. What are you doing with BASF?
1: Uh, good question. I have the the very good fortune of being able to work a little bit behind the scenes with our, our plant breeders that are developing germplasm pre-commercially, but I also get to straddle the fence and uh participate in in the launch of new varieties into our credence portfolio and get to help position those in the market and, and address some of the challenges that growers face every year when we select and release varieties to sell. So it's a little bit best of both worlds.
0: Absolutely. So when you look at challenges for the 2018 growing season and also the 2019 growing season, what were a lot of producers facing or will potentially face this year?
1: Well, eighteen certainly gave us a lot of challenges and those growing conditions that I certainly hope are unique to the year twenty eighteen and we don't experience them again uh presented us with a lot of seed quality issues mm-hmm. that growers will now deal with in in twenty nineteen uh, and it was uh, you know it wasn't it really wasn't segmented into any part of the market, honestly, from zeros through group sevens that we grow in the United States all had some weather impact on to sea quality and of course that that also is related to the defense packages that every variety has and and the ability to tolerate those environmental stressors and you know we we work with that from a, a breeding and development perspective to address those we don't in 2018 uh, but it is always a concern uh, anytime that we make variety selections
0: I want to back up there for just one second. You said from zero to seven. Is that the zoning for the U.S.?
1: Correct. That's the the most common maturity groups. Okay. Uh, we do have a few double zeros that are even earlier than zeros, but it's a it's a very small niche market that is primarily in Canada, but we do have some, you know, in, in the U.S. So zeros through sevens are the the primary scope of maturities for. All U.S. soybeans.
0: Yep, gotcha. Just wanted to clarify that for those folks that maybe are listening who are livestock producers or don't raise a lot of uh, corner corner soybeans, when you look at the those seed quality issues, then were protein issues or protein levels a factor or something that was damaged as well?
1: Well, not necessarily. Okay. Uh, you know, there is obviously protein and oil content are. Qualitative variables that we measure, and they mean a lot when it comes to feedstock and uh, most people are familiar with the fact there's an inverse relationship between protein and oil. The more protein a particular soybean variety has, it tends to be less quality on the oil side, and vice versa uh, so those variables are very much connected to genetics, and I don't think we'll see much of a shift in and availability uh, based on protein quality or oil quality. Uh, the seed quality I'm referring to is primarily uh, the seed stock that we'll use to plant varieties in 2019, and and it's it's an impact of the weather in in relationship to disease pressure. That's primarily going to be our our agronomic challenge to start the season off when we when we plant the soybean crop.
0: Okay, gotcha. So you're talking about those folks that were growing seed stock to pass on to other producers is where you saw a lot of challenge and issues for 2018.
1: That's correct.
0: Okay. So with that being said, Monty, what advice do you have for growers? Obviously, we've got, as you mentioned, seven different zones or areas there, but what advice do you have for those growers when they're going out and picking the right maturity, the right seed trait, the right variety for their operations?
1: Uh, that's, that's a great question. I, you know, I would encourage anyone who's growing soybeans, regardless of their, of their latitude, to, to employ those same agronomic filters that, that they have for their farm or even a particular field when, when selecting a variety to make sure it's a good agronomic fit from, a uh, you know, stress tolerance, disease tolerance, or even a, uh, just an environmental influence but uh there are i would say you could boil it down to four strong recommendations that will be uh very critical for success in 2019 uh, so first of all once you've selected your variety um, order it order it fast and uh, get that order in make sure that it's available and i would say also have a backup plan you you won't necessarily be able to order the variety that would be your first pick. So, it, it would be a this this year would be a great time to have another variety to go to uh, for those challenging acres where you know you you have a specific package that you're looking for. I, I would recommend having a backup plan because supply is going to be a challenge, and the variety that you want as a first choice may may not be available. And I would say next, take it early. Uh, if it's any way possible, if you can receive that seed, make sure your dealer and retailer orders it and then get your hands on it. Go ahead and pick it up as soon as it's possible to make sure that you get the supply of the varieties that, that you're wanting. And then next is maybe the most important one is to be sure and use a broad spectrum fungicide seed treatment. That That's going to be critical this year. Uh, seed treatment technology has advanced in the last 10 or 12 years faster than I even gave it credit for. It's an investment, but this year uh, will we'll really separate the growers who used a broad-spectrum fungicide seed treatment versus those who did not. It's it's going to make a lot of difference mm-hmm. and will be a very clear return on and, investment.
0: And, Monty, just to interrupt you here just for one quick second, for those folks that don't know that definition, what is a broad-spectrum fungicide seed treatment?
1: need to be careful that it's, it contains more than one. I would recommend more than one active ingredient Mm -hmm. that has efficacy on diseases. Um, you know, we faced a lot of weather challenges during the, the late seed fill of the growing season in 18. And that's where we lost our quality and diseases were introduced into the seed supply. And so, uh, one fungicide may not be the solution. You, you may be dealing with more than one disease and it's always safer to have more than one active ingredient of a fungicide in, in your seed treatment package. So, uh, you know, you wouldn't want to take the cheap route this year and, and just pick, pick one active ingredient, make sure it's a, you know, make sure it has two minimum of two
0: minimum of two. So with disease in mind, what diseases or pests do you think growers need to be pretty aware of in 2019?
1: Well, what we saw at the end of the year was uh, in places we don't typically, uh, we had quite a bit of pod and stem blight. And pod and stem blight has a direct effect on the seed quality. It introduces a lot of mold and a lot of growth on the seed that will... uh, Follow it all the way through the the conditioning and processing of the seed in, into the package and right back into the field the next year and it's it's up and running on on the seed as the plants get off to a start. Uh, we also saw a lot of uh, phomopsis be introduced at the end of the seed field. That phomopsis is going to follow that seed all the way to your field as well. Um, those two are probably probably the most important seed borne diseases that you'll face and and in other areas I'm sure there's others and just the the typical environmental white mold uh, not white mold I'm sorry environmental mold that you can have through the storage process and and the the, both the own farm storage and and uh, in the channel that they're always at this winter last fall this winter and even on in into the spring, it looks like, based on the forecast, is an opportunity for just environmental mold to be on the seed as well. I decided would eliminate all those. Mm
0: -hmm. I've got to ask too about a couple of specific diseases that I know a lot of growers, especially in the Midwest, are hesitant or always watching. And the first one is soybean cyst nematode. Is that going to be an issue again for the 2019 growing season?
1: Absolutely. Soybean cyst nematode is is here to stay, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're doing what we can on the genetic side to introduce tolerances to that. Um, but as of today, and though it pains me a little at, to say from a variety development person on the genetic side, our seed treatment uh, counterparts are, are ahead of the game in their mm. technology at this point. And, you know, using um, a fungicide such as Olivo, mm-hmm. that it, it, protection to To soybean cyst uh, throughout the year uh, it's going to be that's critical every year but that's also Alevo is an option to go along with your other seed treatment package that would could protect you from cyst as well as the plant grooms that's beyond the seed quality.
0: Okay and then the other one the big one I think we've got to talk about here is dicamba or palm or amaranth we heard a lot about it two growing seasons ago last growing season we didn't hear a whole lot about it where do we sit in the palmer amaranth dicamba conundrum
1: uh well it's it's about the same uh, you know the roundup resistant palmer uh, as well as water resistant i mean roundup resistant water hemp mm-hmm. continues to expand that footprint footprint continues to expand uh, glyphosate is has become ineffective on those acres, and so those growers need another tool besides Roundup to fight those weeds. You know, today we have uh, two that are commercially available, one being uh, the Dicamba technology that's available in the Extend soybean system, and then Liberty, which is available in the the Liberty Link GT27 system as well as the Liberty Link system. So those three tray packages will will offer you, you know, uh, some excellent control for palmer as well as, as Waterham.
0: money I know acreage. the acreage discussion has been a hot one right now in the industry and you are not a market analyst. So trade and all that stuff aside, have you heard from growers that they're considering changing their corn and soybean acreage rotation because of disease or because of things that happened um, in the 2018 growing season for soybeans?
1: Well, I'm not aware of Any large movement of acres based on the disease pressure, but I think that you're right. There will be a shift in acres. I think the corn market is a little more optimistic Mm. at this point. Soybeans have faced some global challenges that uh, we're anticipating that might be holding the price down temporarily. So at at the beginning of the year, the corn looks a little attractive, and I know in the South, cotton is going to take a major leap forward in acres, and that's going to be at the sacrifice of some of some soybean acres, we believe. So I think soybean acres will will be down, um, and I'm not saying that's a good thing. I, I obviously work for a soybean company and would love to have as many acres right. as possible. <laughs> but uh, but this year, with there there will be a reduced you know supply, our ability to supply the soybean market with good quality seed. So there's always a little bit of balance there in the market.
0: Absolutely. Money, before I let you go, where can uh, growers head if they have questions about some of BASF's products?
1: Well, always uh, can check at uh, BASF.com and search for our Credence brand as well as our soybean crop protection portfolio. But also contact your local BASF seed advisor and business rep for, for further recommendations on seed treatments or soybean varieties.
0: Awesome. Well, Monty, I appreciate your advice for growers and your kind of outlook here on 2019. Thank you so much.
1: Thanks, anytime.
0: All right. Well, again, a lot of variability, it sounds like, this year for planting Madison. However, weather doesn't sound like it's going to be an issue or a factor affecting acreage for this year. So it continues to just be, I suppose, trade and other negotiation stuff that is affecting acreage and whatnot. Mm -hmm.
2: Let's hope that... The weather kind of helps out the
0: farmers this year yeah. for that. Not sure it's not sure last year oh well we know last year didn't, but hopefully this <laughs> year is hopefully this year's looking a little bit on the up and up. Tomorrow, Madison, you get the day off from being on the podcast, but you still have to edit it, sorry. Um but I will have on with me Caleb Hamer. I think he is at Hawkeye Hamer on Twitter. He is gonna be co-hosting with me tomorrow, kind of on our Friday Yay episode. Folks, if you would like to co host with me or Madison, or the three of us could co host together, shoot us a message on Facebook or on Twitter at Ag News daily or you can head to our home, globalagnetwork.com, and shoot us a message there as well. Madison, with that, should we let the people go?
2: Let's let them go.